Welcome everybody to Hidden Guardians Podcast, your only podcast hosted by actual Hidden Guardians on our 61st episode. Well, we've got a TWAB recap. Typically, you know, there's little things in here and there that are worth mentioning. But the big meat and potatoes of this episode is we're now over a month removed from the launch of the Witch Queen, the start of year five of Destiny 2. And it's safe to say right now that the honeymoon period is now over. I know some people hear that phrase and they think, oh no, it's just going to be nonstop slamming. But no, we're going to try to look at things as things we like, that things that are really, really well done, that Bungie nailed. We want to see this moving forward, stuff like that. <clears throat> There's also things that, yeah, could use some work. And we're going to try to touch on most of it here. I'm Outrider. I'm joined by Venge and Bacon, as always. Gentlemen, how are you feeling today? I'm dead to the world right now. Well, we know that. Let me tell you a little story, dude. Let me tell a little story about what happened yesterday, dude. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so the missus is like, hey, I kind of, you know, we want to change the, the, the doorbell. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. So she brings me the new doorbell, right? And I'm taking out the old one. And when I'm putting in the new one, I get a little zap. And I'm like, oh, this is going to wake me up today. <laughs> yeah. So I put it in and I was like, don't ever ask me for anything like this again. <laughs> I'm done forever. Right? Did you ever, like, flip the circuit breaker to kill the power to the doorknob. And all no, that no, fuck that. I used my hands and like a nice metal thing, and I was like, "There you go." I, I just want to get out of the cold. <laughs> that wore me up so fast. I was like, "Yeah, all right." <laughs> what cold? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we just learned for the very first time that Bacon was the, probably the type of kid that French kissed a light socket when he was a small child. That's probably why I ended up. This I, one time, I put a nice like oh. knife in the in the thing, like in the outlet. Yeah, I was like, oh, all right, all right, all right. I, I miss that feeling. Hey, hey I, I was. A, <laughs> I was I'm not. No. I was like just crawling, and that, this is when we lived in California. Um, those 19, I'm not going to say how long ago it was. Uh, it, was, it, it, I was it was really young. It was a but, century ago. Shut up. <laughs> the way I feel today, it feels like it was a century ago. But apparently one of my mom's hairpins was in the carpet of this apartment we were living in. And I picked it up as a toddler and I stuck it in the light socket. Oh. And I I'm, I guess I'm okay, <laughs> but uh, my my freaked my mother out, and I actually had for quite a while afterwards a little imprint on my fingers from where the loop was at the end of the hairpin, that little bobby pin, burned into them from the light socket. You know. Well, that's fun. So, yeah, it's fun. I guess they said I was fine. They took me to the hospital and everything, and they checked me out. And they're like, oh, "Well, you know, he's responsive and 
you know, he's looking around. He's inquisitive. He looks like he's hungry, and he crapped his diaper. So yeah, everything. He's still okay. breathing. So we're going to still breathing. He's, he's not blue. <laughs> you, know, you know, we pinched him, and he screamed. So you know, hey, everything seems to be functioning. Our tests are done here. <laughs> just, you know, just, just try to keep him away from light sockets. This is way before people came up with those things to, I don't know, plug into the light socket so you can't put anything into it. You know, those little covers. A little plastic covers, yeah. yeah I the, took the, those things right off when when we first came in. Did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess they had kids before here. Well, yeah. That, Not that's anymore. Exactly. <laughs> Not anymore, except Bacon's oh. there now. So. Hey, Mom is there like... messing around with the, with the doorbell. <laughs> Pricks. <laughs> bare hands powers on and a metal tool and, and the other one throws. sure yeah there we go why not screwdriver electrocution yeah. zip zip am i right <laughs> zip zip so the twab i want to say this has been a good episode so far i'm liking it yeah the twab this week um just Generally, some stuff in here. They wanted to talk about the Gambit Labs went live this week. This is the uh, Invasion Portal Swap week. Yep. I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, also, they were clarifying the about the Grandmaster Nightfalls also started up. That back in the Witch Queen um, patch itself, back on February 22nd, the notes mentioned that there was something called Acute Burns coming. And they were not going to be included into the Grandmasters. And the cute burn is, you know, we do 25% more damage of a specific damage type to everything, but we take 50% more damage of that type. Mm -hmm. Turns out that was incorrect in their patch notes. Yes, <clears throat> cute burns are live in Grandmaster Nightfalls. Um, that has caused somewhat of a debate amongst the community, whether having more things that allow you to be one shot even at harder difficulty levels is really fun basically that's mm -hmm. the best way to describe it i can't say one way or another regarding grandmasters i have not had any opportunity to do any this week so maybe next time i'll have a couple under my belt i still have the rotator available so i can pick whatever strikes available and go to it uh the light blade mission is supposed to be hell on earth from yeah. what i understand especially the boss room uh, birthplace of the vial is pretty bad in the boss room everything else seemed generally uh okay from talking to people they've said it's like it's not bad <clears throat> at that boss room how cramped it is mm -hmm. that's an issue uh, iron banana is back if you have any iron banner tokens because uh, it comes back uh, this coming reset, so it's live when you hear this. Spend them. This Iron Banner and the one next month will be the last two opportunities you have to use the tokens you get from Saladin. Because starting next season, which I think goes live on May 24th, mm -hmm. they're gone. They're being removed. Same thing with Iron Banner bounties. Don't hold on to them. Use them, claim your pinnacles. Get some gear. Get ready because there's a full rework coming to Iron Banner starting season 17. 
Uh, the Kilts for Kids charity is up. There's an awesome looking emblem for it. Uh, it'll be linked in the description. This twab, so you can rip through it on your own. Also, they're talking about the the r slash place community art project. It's like a Reddit thing where everybody puts up pixel art. It's like pixel by pixel each member. And there's some Destiny-related stuff in this big mosaic. But to show off that the community did participate, the Destiny community participated in it, there's a code in this TWAV for an emblem called Crushed Gamma. It's actually pretty cool looking. So you definitely yes. want to check it out. It's a free emblem. Looks really neat. Don't forget also the Unbroken Seal retires in Season 19. So if you haven't gone and did your three legendary, you know, Reach Legend, Complete Legend <coughs> on competitive playlist, you had to start it now and you got to get it completed now mm -hmm. if, you're, if you haven't done any of them. So I won't be getting unbroken i'm not gonna wade my way through comp it's just a pain in the rear for me and... i'm going to do it once i need i just need my last legend and i'll be yeah, fine so, so you got like this season and the next <clears> season <throat> to get that last one me i would yeah. legitimately have to go legend all three seasons in a row. and i just it's not a good it's time. not worth it i, I can pass <laughs> on that for me. for me i can pass on it i've been playing this somewhat casually this season and having a little bit more enjoyability out of it. Mm -hmm. but it's, yeah, I, I can, I don't want broken. Uh, let's see. They're also talking about next TWAB. Master Vow of the Disciples around the corner, starting on <coughs> April 19th. And they'll be spending some time to get you prepared. Also, Next Thursday, they're going to mention the upcoming rotator of sorts for season 17. A while ago, they mentioned they would like to do a rotator for the different raids, possibly like, oh, this week, this one has the pinnacles in it. So it kind of encouraged people to go back and play some of the older raids that are still available that haven't been put in the community ball, content ball. Mm. So we'll find out next week. Like I said, real short twab. I'll link it in the description. At the very least, grab that emblem code. I do it's like It's a pretty it. cool looking emblem. Yes, it is. Very cool. And I think it's worthwhile. Uh, but going back a little bit to Gambit Labs, because the theme of this is talking about stuff we like and don't like. Gambit Labs is a you know new tryout thing. And basically at 25 modes banked on your end and 75 modes banked on your end, that opens the invasion portal for the other team. That's mm -hmm. the, that's the flip. I gave it a shot this week. Obviously, you know, I need the pinnacle. And I'm not that keen on this after playing it. Mostly because it feels like it snowballs out of control even quicker than a typical Gambit match from this season. Sure. I've seen teams just dunking, 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 getting up 25, all of a sudden everything opens up, but then you have like four or five people with a bunch more moats, and the invader now comes over and just cleans house on you. <clears throat> yeah. And that immediately sets you up to fail because now they dump a ton of moats and you can't catch up because your portal's now open, but they put three or four 
large blockers on your field. So they don't have any moats. Sure, come mm. on over. And if you don't take that portal, when the next one becomes available, you lose the first one. So you don't get to bank those portals, so to speak. Another issue I've noticed with it is it tends to allow multiple invasions much quicker during the primeval phase. Oh. It feels like I'm constantly getting invaded almost every 40 seconds. Mm -hmm. An invasion, if the invader is not killed, is 30 seconds on the field. So you have an invader on the field for 30 seconds, and then they go away, and it seems like 10 seconds later, they're back. Um, the strategy that I've seen that tends to completely screw over the other team is as follows. You, But you can't really do it with a bunch of randoms. You have to have a coordinated team that's talking through comms. Is mm -hmm. you bank 24 moats. Yeah, you bank 24 moats. So you don't open the invasion portal. And then all four of your members go around and collect a full 15 each. So now you're sitting mm -hmm. on 60. And then you dump those 60 in. So you just push yourself to 74 moats. And then somebody goes and grabs one extra one and dunks that. So you basically deny the other side and a full invasion cycle. Mm -hmm. You just pop their second one. And you just put a ton of blockers on the field. And if they're not engaging it, you'll get the second. You'll get that one mode anyways because of the four draining the bank. And there's just no way to come back from it. Yeah. Because the other yes. team's now going to just set up and wreck shop. Even if you get your primeval up, they already have so many stacks of primeval slayer up that they're just going to melt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw that too, and that sounds like a bad time. Like you said, it would definitely need like a good amount of coordination. Oh, yes. But... Yeah, that sounds less fun than Gambit normally is. Yeah, that it, it, I'm glad <clears> they <throat> tried it out. I'm glad they gave this an attempt on a different mode for Gambit, truly. Mm. Um, but they need to work on this a little bit more <laughs> if they're going to flip the invasions so much. And I, I just in general, uh, the season of Gambit, it just feels like you get invaded more frequently during the primeval phase anyways this particular mode felt like i was really getting invaded a lot mm. um, you know constantly on your toes but it didn't feel like it was enjoyable and that's kind of a shame mm -hmm. but um, i appreciate that it was uh, swapped up a little bit truthfully i just would like them to uh apply the mayhem modifier to gambit for a week sure People complain about too much heavy ammo in it. Well, what if you don't need to use heavy? Gambit's already chaos. Can you imagine somebody coming in, invading with a Nova Bomb? They throw the Nova Bomb, and within about 10 seconds, if that, they have another one. They're still on the field. <laughs> yeah, just just like, it's basically the... The, the cheat where you have unlimited supers <laughs> and just throwing a blade barrage of Nova bombs. 
That'd be or even if they could do something where it's not unlimited supers, but you have faster grenade recharge, you know, mm-hmm. faster melee recharge, stuff like that. Something that kind of or even your uh, class ability chart that might be funny, especially with Void Hunters if they have their class ability coming back immediately. They're always going to be cloaked. Mm-hmm. Good luck. That that that's just funny. But something like that, you know, I'd like to see them try some new stuff with Gambit. Um, I still don't agree with some vocal community people saying that heavy ammo should be completely removed from Gambit because in their own mind, that will solve all of Gambit's problems. And I'm sitting there going, no. <laughs> Nothing like hitting the prime meal with a bunch of fucking, <laughs> what is it like, kinetic shit. Yeah. Even with special one, it just feels like we want more primary gunplay, and I, I hear that for the Crucible, and I hear that for Gambit because Gambit also has PvP, and I also think these are the same folks that when Destiny Two first launched, they hated the double primary meta for year one because <laughs> it was boring. It was campy. It was everything that. Was- that it, it was as bad. I remember it. <laughs> everything, everything took too long to do because mm-hmm. you're sitting. You had two primaries and basically a heavy weapon, and all the specials were put in the heavy weapon slot. It's like, you know, I get what they tried to do there. It just didn't feel right. But you know, I don't want to go back to double primary ever. It's yeah, strange. I, I saw somebody suggest that potentially. Heavy ammo cannot be used to target uh, guardians. Maybe there's some sort of buff that's put on them that heavy ammo doesn't do any damage to guardians. Uh, but I find funny that the, and this is on Twitter, that the vocal people that are saying move heavy ammo, if you start going through the comments, you'll see some people going, yeah, when I have people invading me, they normally kill me with DMT. Or another scout rifle, or mm-hmm. a pulse rifle, or this person actually ran around the map with a shotgun and killed everybody. It's mm-hmm. like, or a sniper. It's like, but you the the ones that are yelling are only fixating on getting killed with a rocket. So how as much as this like gambit PTSD <laughs> that you hear the invasion go off that you're expecting a rocket, and when you get rocketed, obviously all heavy is bad. Because mm. I've been killed by all sorts of things by invaders. Hell, I've invaded and killed people with all sorts of things, not just baller horn, which they kind of nerfed tracking on for PvP. I'm missing a lot more scouts like in Gambit. I mean, that's I mean that's just coming from me that only played it like that one time or like three times because of the pinnacle. Yeah, I, I, I get I get killed by scout rifles. It's like, oh, hey, check it out. It's, you know, that Gambit scout rifle that everybody likes that has, you know, rapid hit and explosive pa- explosive rounds on it. That just mm. took me out again and again. <laughs> but my favorite are people that actually invade and use Jotun. Those are my favorite people. God bless you for actually pulling out the death toaster in this meta. Seriously, because I still go in with truth. It was nice. I like truth. 
Truth is fun. I enjoy playing using truth. It is a good time. But uh, wolf pack rounds will also chase somebody down around the map. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. You know, if it hits. But yeah, Gambit needs some love. There's some other things here that need some love too. Uh, let's see. Would it be such a bad thing to add like a, like mm-hmm. just in Gambit being able to invade with all four? And if all four invaders die, you can't bank anything on that side because all of you die. I I think that would be rather crazy if you allowed the entire fire team to come over. Mm -hmm. Maybe a duo invasion. Maybe that'd be interesting. It's a pair of invaders. That might get messy, though, too. I don't know how that would work. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know how that would work, how how you would counterbalance it, but maybe that's what Gambit Labs is for, to see how that messes with everything, having two people invade at once. Yeah, I'm just glad that they're giving Gambit that treatment and adding the labs, just because it has been kind of a a sore point for the majority of players, it feels like, so I, I'm just glad that they're trying to do something to change up the mode a little bit. Real and hopefully for, something yeah. sticks that is actually not horrible or hated by a good chunk of people. Well, I, I think it honestly is the people that are yelling the loudest are actually more in the minority than anything. So I think the average person that gets in there and plays Gambit, you know, the blueberries that don't know anything, they're just having a good old time with it. Oh, they run around, shoot some stuff, throw some moats. Hey, maybe they get an invasion. Oh, hey, I, I got a gun to drop at the end of a match. Cool, I'm out. Mm-hmm. That's it. They're just having it as a very casual, fun experience for them. They're not playing it competitively. Uh, personally, realistically, when they took away Gambit Prime as a separate mode, that hurt it for me. Because I liked having the option of playing one or the other. In fact, I actually like playing Prime more. But then again, I'm one of those people that really like to play Gambit when I want to play Gambit. I mean, I get in there and I actually play seriously when I'm playing. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of... I I miss having the dedicated roles, too. And I would like to see that come back. But I kind of like to see dedicated armor for different things return to the game. Maybe not necessarily PvP, specifically the Crucible. That might screw some things up. But PvE be nice to have specific armors. Make raid armors actually matter in the raid outside of adding a mod slot and some extra mods to it, which take up power, which might screw up your build. You know? Mm-hmm. Like the more pieces you have of the raid armor, you get X bonuses. It's like, why even have mods for raid armor? That's what annoys me the most. It's like, because I just keep going back to. To to just like the final boss where you where you have to get hit by the by the laser so you can do more damage, and the only time you really feel it is in the last last phase because you start getting just darkness automatically, and that's the only time it does something. So like yeah. I just wish mods didn't exist for raids for like raid specific things. I uh... I can't comment on that because I haven't done the raid. But I will be doing it today after we get done 
recording because I decided to schedule a, a run on it. I need to know if I want to criticize this raid, if I want to actually think about it and look and see if my criticisms are valid, I need to actually experience the damn thing. So I'm doing it today after we're done recording. But go on, Venge, you were saying? Um, I mean, I agree with Bacon. I feel like the uh, the raid mods are so situational that a lot of the times I feel like a lot of them aren't worth using. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, when I when I think of stuff that was good outside of the raid, I think of Wrath of the Machine and how the different armor pieces had certain bonuses for killing Fallen because that's what was in the raid. So it was, like, good in the raid and good outside of the raid. But I would also like to see kind of like what Gambit Prime was and kind of like you were saying, to have more more of like a set bonus thing on top of all of that. Mm-hmm. Because at this point, I feel like a lot of the armor that we come across anyway is good for adding to your transmog as opposed to actually using the armor that you pick up because there's not much of a reason to want to switch off of armor, especially mm-hmm. with transmog being in here. So not having dedicated perks and only having mods that work in the raid that are so situational and like niche mods, it just feels like it's kind of a waste of using the armor to begin with. Now think about this. We're talking about raid armor and raid mods. And I actually think this might be kind of cool. But having those day one raid races, right, where people get past that first encounter, they get their first drop, the people that get a weapon, all right, they get a weapon, and if they keep doing what they're doing, like without Disciple guns, where they had a raid-specific, you know, origin trait that's kind of helpful, you know, gain back health, imagine you pick up a armor piece, that now has something intrinsically built into it, not a mod slot, but intrinsically built into it that now might give you a slight nudge. So when you get that second encounter done and you get a second piece, now that one player has slightly more of a stack going. And it might actually get more people to complete the day one raid challenge, you know? RNG, but eh, you never know. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be kind of cool. That's just me. I, I have more power for the players, you know, to steal GameSpot's or GameStop's uh, motto there. <laughs> just yeah, I the only I think the only problem I have with that being like for day one is people spec their stuff out so much that they're not switching armor or weapons, anyways. Right. Yeah. But if anything, that, it was infusion at some point, but now that doesn't entirely matter. So, but that is the true gist of it. That's the true test of it. You get an armor piece that the stats on it are good. It's comparable to what you're wearing. We can now swap out the energy type to whatever you need very cheaply. It's one um, enhancement core, an enhancement mod, you know, module most of the raiders have enough materials on them anyways to max out and masterwork an armor piece on them to begin with. Mm -hmm. They can re-slot whatever mods they need onto it. 
and now they're getting an inherent bonus. It's something there. It's something different. I would like to see stuff with inherent bonuses coming back on armor sets. But specifically, like, I just want Gambit, to... I want to see the actual, you know, jobs, so to speak, for Gambit Prime return. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want people to, you know, they have an armor set on. It's transmog, sure, keep that. But their armor set is designed, so they're going in there and they're stacking up bonuses of killing lots of enemies. You have the other person mm-hmm. that has bonuses on collecting tons of moats and banking them. You have somebody that's really good at getting rid of all the stuff on the bank and also defending against invaders. And then you have the invader set once again. I miss those roles for Gambit terribly because it kind of defined how to play the game a little bit better than just I'm going to dirt my way face first into a wall nonstop mm-hmm. and lose all my moats because I'm not paying attention. But, you know, that's the Gambit discussion. And hopefully by the end of this year's content, Gambit will be in a better place than it is right now i'm keeping my fingers crossed but it needs more maps too yeah definitely needs more maps that and both pvp and gambit need more maps especially since i guess did did uh yeah well we did lose at least one map in gambit didn't we the dreaming city one we lost yeah. two. We lost two maps in Gambit. We lost the Dreaming City one, and we lost the Fallen map with the Lake of Pea Water. Oh yeah, that one. I don't know. Holy shit! That map. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> that they put the Primeval on the center platform, which was really, really small. Oh, the, oh, it doesn't even matter. Yeah, I know exactly which. Like, which one is it? Yeah, you came out of the cave. That was your starting point. Oh my god, the scorn the scorn type map. Yeah, the scorn mm-hmm. slash fallen map, yeah. That one. Disgusting. Yeah. And the, <laughs> and, and the liquid that was in the center of the map, it looked like you know, basically pea water. So it's just all mm-hmm. bright yellow. It's, you fall into you instantly die, you know. Hey. I forgot about that map completely. Yeah, that's that's the other one we lost. So we lost two maps for Gambit. There's only four maps. Forget. Bring it back. That was a good map. Well, they got to reprogram everything from scratch. That's <laughs> the biggest problem. When they changed their engine for Beyond Light, they actually said it. It's not just like flipping a button and bringing an old map back. They actually have to rebuild it from the ground up now. Mm-hmm. So do you want them to potentially work on other stuff, or do you want them to allocate funds, times, resources, and manpower to rebuild an old Gambit map? Rebuild the old gambit. It was always <laughs> better. How will that map, that map now work with how they've redone Gambit as a playlist by putting? No, like, probably not. Hell no. <laughs> now, both those maps, by the way, that we're talking about, were also really small maps too. Hmm. So, yeah. Don't know, but they it definitely needs more maps. All PvP modes need more maps in this game. But let's yep. get into some of the good things that we kind of thought about for what we've experienced so far. Um, I'm going to flat out say the campaign story was, is still good. Even after doing it multiple times, the campaign is still itself good. And 
I really appreciate the work they put into the story that Bungie put into the story and mm-hmm. you know the story beats really well done I can honestly say the legendary campaign option is probably the best thing to come out of the Witch Queen expansion I was about to say that it's like yeah, adding legendary to that was like top notch it was such a good fucking choice yeah I won't say I'll do legendary campaign every time I, I've only completed it fully once and I helped uh, somebody else out with a couple of missions here and there but it's a challenge it's a beefy challenge and it was mm. really appreciated and hopefully this is something that moving forward we keep seeing I believe I saw something that Lightfall will definitely have a legendary campaign option mm. but I, I hope they keep this moving forward and what I really liked about Legendary Campaign is it was tough, it was fair, and tough didn't involve adding champions to it. Yeah. That, 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 that was fantastic. I also yeah. liked it for being able to gear up quicker for day one raid people. Yes. So you didn't have that to play for like helpful. 80 hours to, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you you were within ten at that point. If you just did legendary campaign on day one, and got your full fifteen twenty set of mm-hmm. loots that you can then put into whatever armor and gear you wanted to go with, and then you were at an immediate advantage. And then you could do you know your your ritual playlist to get the pinnacles and everything else that unlocked to go with it to beef up more, and then you were at fifteen thirty without too much. Yeah, yeah, very good. Very smart. It was very smart very, yeah, very well done. Um, I am going to say that in general, weapon crafting coming with Witch Queen is a great addition. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about having it available. There are issues with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the fact that it is now here, I don't want to see it go away. And I don't think we're going to. But I think that's a phenomenal addition to this game. I would like at some point in the future to see armor crafting become available as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, I also really enjoyed that they added the battlegrounds from Season of the Chosen into the Vanguard Operations rotator list. That really opened up the strikes. It's like now you kind of like just want to keep playing it because it's like it kind of feels like new every single strike now since you're seeing so many different ones now. Yeah, now it's feel- just now it's just adding the mods from like D one. Mm-hmm. That will I think that will just take it over the top. Yeah, and it feels fresh with the addition of the battlegrounds. Oh yeah, and I, and I really hope that moving forward this becomes the norm that they keep adding these battleground type encounters into it. So maybe in the future when, you know, after this year is over year five, that the psyops battleground missions get added into the rotator because I actually like the psyops battleground missions. Each one was unique on its own, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, that kind of really changes things up and makes it feel fresh. So, yeah, very good on them for adding that to playlist. Is there any other things that you can think of that were really positive that you liked 
that came out of this before we start getting into the stuff that we kind of feel needs work. I mean, back for the campaign, I do like that you can replay it whenever you want. Yes. I feel like that's, again, kind of like a niche thing for a lot of people. Um, but it's nice to be able to have the option, because like, I think back to Destiny 1, and you could replay the entire campaign whenever you wanted to, from start to like the end of Rise of Iron. Like You could go through it all. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that was something, I, I can't remember if I did it with Bacon or if I did it more like solo, but there was times that I went through like start to finish the entire campaign because you you could. I mean, off the top of my head, that's really the only thing else that I can think about. I'm sure there's other stuff there. It's just maybe drawn a blank. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure there will. There's always time for additional discussions, but yeah. I think. Uh you're talking about the campaign. This is a good starting point for me is the one thing I didn't enjoy about the campaign was I had to do the full campaign on each character. I'm actually kind of tired of that, especially now being a parent, having a child, my time is becoming more and more limited. I wouldn't mind having an option that I could just push the other two ahead. If I've already experienced the campaign story, I know that might be controversial, but there's times where it's like, you know, I just, I, I just want to go do blank and I can't because I am locked out of the patrol space because I haven't done the campaign missions. Mm -hmm. or I haven't advanced far enough in the campaign to unlock an activity in the patrol space, like the wellspring, which I kind of needed to do at the one time. I enjoy the story to the campaign greatly, but the campaign's also quite long. Yes. So I basically focused on my hunter. I finally schlepped my way through the warlock, and yesterday I forced myself to push all the way through on the Titan. So now I can use them wherever. And mm -hmm. I've it's kind of for me like um, when I remember the first time the um, Last Wish raid was completed. And it was the first time we got a cinematic after the world's first completion. Which then opened up and changed the nature of the Dreaming City and some other stuff. Mm -hmm. And I kind of look at it the same way. It's like your first character, your main character got through the campaign. Your other characters may not have gotten to that, you know, down to the uh, throne world yet, but now the entire throne world's opened up for them. You know, mm -hmm. they can do the campaign if they want. It's still available, but maybe they just want to move ahead and do some other activities. I, I just kind of like something a little bit more smooth to transition multiple characters for the people that play multiple characters. It's like, yeah. Would you be against like just doing the last missions just so you can just get the the exotic drop in, like, I guess, if you haven't gotten your 15-20 armor stuff? But that's if you're doing legendary. I, I don't have to do legendary either. Mm -hmm. so I'm fine. I'm actually fine with forsaking the legendary campaign's exotic armor drop for my other two characters, because if I really want their armor, I'll just go do the lost sectors. Mm. 
you know, I have no problem running the Lost Sectors, and that's just me. Besides, the Lost Sectors were also dropping armor with a much higher roll on them than the Legendary Campaign gave you. What was it, yeah. like 40 or something? Yeah, it was like 48. <laughs> it, was, it was like the absolute like the low actual, end of roll. Yeah, the lowest so, possible stat roll. And, and if you grabbed one of those armor pieces, it screwed up the Lost Sector guaranteeing you is that's the first one you would get when you finally get one mm-hmm. so i'd rather not you know with my other two characters that aren't my mains doing that so mm-hmm. yeah, it's just like i said it's just me it's just me uh back to weapon crafting yeah there's a couple of things about weapon crafting that i'm not too keen on like i think there's not enough avenues for us to get neutral elements I know next season they're getting rid of the other smaller elements to do weapon crafting. It's just going to be neutral elements, whatever else. But there's not enough avenues for us to get it. And some of these things cost way too much. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm trying to do the um, seasonal bow that you get from uh, Season of the Risen, which I really, really like. And for me to upgrade it to where I want it to be with the uh, advanced perks put on it because there's two of them I want on it it's like 4,000 something neutral element in addition to all the other costs though those will be going away next season Mm. very expensive plus two of the exotic components the ruinous elements I think that's what they're called whatever they are and I just think we need if they're going to keep the cost that high for neutral elements we need more ways to be able to get neutral elements than just completing the occasional deep sight weapons that we get dropped randomly which means you're now playing with weapons you may not want to play with and occasionally getting them at after completing a uh, strike or gambit match or a crucible match stuff like that Mm-hmm. We get like twelve. You know, I think the economy on the neutral elements needs to be greatly looked at. I yeah. also am not too fond of when it comes to reshaping your weapon, which is when you're upgrading a crafted weapon. That once you buy a perk once to put on the weapon, that that perk's not permanently unlocked if the costs are so prohibitive with neutral elements it it should pay to unlock it on the crafting relic where you're working at instead of i have to keep paying this big cost every time i want to switch it back i feel it limits how we can test different you know perks Mm mm-hmm and it kind of limits weapon crafting because we really can't actually test these things without investing a metric ton of time and effort and grind to get to the point where we're at. And I yeah. don't think people have problem with the grind to buy all the perks that you can have available. But I think past that, they don't want to keep having to repay for them if you're swapping back and forth, trying to figure out what actually fits your play style or changes in the meta when it comes around, you know? Mm -hmm. 
And I think the last thing for me when it comes to weapon crafting is I'm not a huge fan of to earn experience on the weapon, which opens up what you can put on that weapon. You can only use the crafted weapon. Yep. So if you have, let's go back to this bow. I have a bow that dropped randomly in the world that this is the version of the bow that I want to use. But when I crafted the bow at level one, it had one of the perks on it that I want, and the rest of it is a whole bunch of other stuff that I don't want. Mm-hmm. But I have to use that bow to gain experience. I'm not experiencing me using this type of weapon. I have to experience using a very limited version of this weapon to get to you know, level 17, 18, whatever where I have everything opened up on it. I I think maybe allowing us just to play with any of the dropped weapons that can be crafted of that type builds experience because we're getting familiar with that type of gun, not we're building experience with only the one we built. You get me? Mm -hmm. Is that, is that too like much? I, I don't know how they could program it. So I, I'm, we're just talking out of our butts when it comes to anything's possible with enough time, money, resources, and technology. Um, but it may not be possible to even do that with how the game is designed at this point. But it's just something I would like to see. They need to fine-tune weapon crafting. I don't think weapon crafting is at its final form. And I definitely think it, by the end of this year, it's going to feel much better than where it started from, you know? Let's talk about PvP, uh, PvE a little bit. Not necessarily PvP. That could be a show unto itself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think the modifiers in PvE activities need work. I don't think there's enough positive modifiers for the players. You know? We occasionally mm-hmm. get rotated in more you know grenade recharge okay more heavy ammo drops but heavy enemies uh, have more health at the same time you get me it's always like one or the other it's it's that we don't get a flat out positive thing so what i kind of want to see and i've said this repeatedly bring back the overflowing power modifier like the mayhem modifier for the vanguard ops list I don't Mm -hmm. even care if it rotates in maybe once or twice a season. But just something. Just let us go to town on this. I I think that's something that's greatly missing from this game. It's like we're already going in there. Overpowered. Strong. Just deadly. But you never feel that way. That's the annoying part. You never feel like you're just unstoppable. Yeah, I agree. I've always felt that way. It feels like I could still get shot way too easy by, um, you know, anything in a strike. I could still Mm -hmm. get one or two tap from a Vandal sniper. It's like, yeah, but I'm also like, 
you know, max power with, you know, plus 20 on my artifact and I'm at pinnacle cap on the armor and my weapons and I'm still like eating two shots and dead, you know, it's like, okay. But I, I once in a while having the, like the uh, overflowing power mayhem type modifiers, I think, I think that'd be a positive thing. I'd also like to see a return of strike scoring. Same. With little badges for pulling off individual things, you know, we have them in the crucible. I mean, I, I would like to see that return for the PVE side of thing and hell even throw it into Gambit too. I mean, Gambit has the badges that show up when you do stuff, yep. but you know, maybe a little bit more point based scoring systems. I think they're just kind of fun. And I, I did include this. There's, there's too many modifiers already that seem designed to one shot the player more than benefit the player when it comes to these playlists and uh, maybe tone them down or stretch them out a little bit more i mean there's only so many times i, I want to play blackout where i have no radar and anything that melees me kills me mm -hmm. even though the d1 versions were far worse especially on an arc burn a thrall sneezes at you and kills you in one hit mm, yeah over shield <laughs> yeah i remember those days uh god what else i know i know i feel like i might be rushing here and jump in if you need to but you know mr outrider has a uh appointment in about a half hour <laughs> as we're recording mm -hmm. To to uh, to get kicked in the face by Rolk for the first time. The difficulty of this game, because uh, actually, Bacon, you kind of leaned into this. But other than just feeling like power, which I think we're getting there with the 3.0 changes somewhat, I just wish it would be more reflective and lower level activities that we really feel a little bit more powerful than we should. But when you have legendary difficulty selection for PVE, like Strike Playlist, the Nightfall, I think legendary actually should be match-made still. You know? Yeah. I think the only thing that should be, like, not match-made, it's either, like, Master or, you know... Master and Grandmaster, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, even, like, Master wellspring and this is like one of the few things i agreed with skill up and his one hour long take on uh the witch queen itself was that master wellspring and i've done it a bunch of times i had to i got the gumshoe title you needed to complete it it's doesn't require a lot of coordination you just need a couple of people with some champion anti-champion mods and you just kind of force your way through it unless there's a full team wipe you will plug your way through this and you will just brute force your way completely through the activity there's no reason at this point why it shouldn't be match made it's like it's not difficult it's pretty straightforward yeah <laughs> and I, I think we were talking some other time before our bot stopped recording and we had to start over and that this game does have a lot of barriers to it to keep you from playing with other people just like jumping in and playing that there's still things out there that require you to pre-make a fire team. It will happen. 
But mm. something like this, like the Wellspring activity, nah. Legendary Psyops, no. Seasonal activities, definitely no. Everything there should be match made. There should be really no barriers, especially on the seasonal activities. So just jumping. Yep. That should not be something just, just because of like when next season starts, you're not going to find anybody or like close to like nobody that's going to be running old activities unless they haven't played for a bit. Then that's the only way. But once the new season starts, it's like you want to do the new shit. You don't want to go back there. <laughs> yeah. But that, that's the thing. We, we're going to, I think over time, they're going to keep chipping away at some of these boundaries. Uh, Crossplay was the big one, without a doubt. And mm-hmm. now we have that fully accessible. We just need more. We could just click a button and be matched up with a team instead of I have to go again outside of the game itself to find a fire team. Even if it's using Bungie's own app, which does work, it's not in the game. So mm-hmm. maybe that's another thing. We need like in-game matchmaking, in-game LFG, not like the third-party app. You know, stuff like that, or message boards, or discords, or stuff. Just as a side note, PlayStation, please give us full Discord support, even on Xbox. Give us the app. Let us actually join parties through there. You know, because I play with people on PC, and when I'm doing that on my PlayStation. I can't talk to them. That yeah. sucks. <laughs> because I can't reliably use the in-game voice chat that comes with Destiny 2. Yeah, it's and impossible it's no... to do with people around PC. Yeah, and it's it's no fair for the PC players that the, the workaround to it is to totally reset your settings in the game. Well, that might screw up everything else they have if they have, like, uh, you know, a, a mixer, a sound mixer, and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it just doesn't work, and then you're stuck with somebody that's either mute or you can't hear them, so. I think maybe that'll get fixed over time. I, I can't say it's a bungee problem. Uh, yeah. Last thing, I like the cosmetic rewards. I do. <sighs> I like the idea of mementos. I think they're neat earning something special out of a playlist that you could put on your weapon you level it up and unlocks multiple tiers like oh hey i get a title for this gun imagine your mm-hmm. gun having a title yeah and then a special shader you can apply to it but it's the shaders themselves that are not the best at least the gambit one is green and it looks like snakeskin I'll give the Trials Gold one a pass because it's gold and it's animated. But the Vanguard one. Oh, it is Nerf Orange. Mm-hmm. And it's just so ugly looking. <laughs> it really is. It's it's not <laughs> great. And I like I don't have it and I don't really care to have it on I've seen I've seen it on people's I've inspected people that have had it. And I'm just staring at it like I would never apply this to any of my weapons. Mm-hmm. It's not nice. I, I wish there was some better looking cosmetic rewards. Another one is uh, this season's chase, uh, you know, uh, ritual activity 
uh, weapon, which is the Reckless Endangerment Shotgun. Mm -hmm. I don't like any of the ornaments for it. Again, these ornaments just don't look very good. Branding them to the playlist that you got it out of, just it never looks right. It just Mm -hmm. looks like you're... It always reminded me of just taking like like those weird skins that you like that are stickers that you put on the outside of your console you know what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. it's like oh i'm gonna put this on it so now it looks like my console is made out of camouflage it's like it doesn't ever look right it looks yeah it just doesn't look right i i Mm -hmm. that's that's an aesthetic choice i really wish that some of the stuff looked a little bit better and some of the shaders that we got this season, I'm not partial to either. Sure. I, I, I think those need to be worked on. And I wish they would shade a little bit better. There's a lot of shaders now in the game that I'm going through. It's like everything I click on makes everything look white or off-white. Or everything goes black. Or it's all this muddy gray color when there's no real variant to it. You know? Sure. It's like where this this shows me there's supposed to be gold in here. Where's the gold highlighting? Oh, it's just your belt buckle. It's like, come on. And maybe some more animated shaders. That would be kind of neat. Mm-hmm. At least gave us like a little like I don't know if it's like, if I can say choice or something else, but like just be like being able to like rotate it. Right. Just rotate the shader so you can see it a different way. I agree. I agree. Um, anything else that you're not digging? You know, it's not terrible. It doesn't like make you want to curl up and die, but it, you feel it needs work. Anything you can think of? Wait, but I mean, well, this has been like gnawing at me since I was done with the game. So that's kind of like, like, it's kind of like throwing me off just to continue playing it. It's the whole like, Overhyping the characters, which is now it's just Sabathun. And I mean, it's already like bad enough that we like, I don't know if I should like say it. I mean, it's been like a month. So, like, since we like killed her. Mm-hmm. And then you see the reason behind why all this is like happening. Right. And then to me, it just felt like, all Sabathun it felt like she was like a spoiled brat and she got mad because <laughs> because the uh, the traveler was like nah, you know what I gotta go <laughs> 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 it's like <laughs> it's like you, yeah, man you, you lied to me so I'm gonna go on a killing spree it's like I wish something like that just didn't happen, and I'm like, I, I like it's like it's like for me, I'm just I'm like tired of like constantly like being hyped up because it's like Sabathun's been like talked about for fucking years, and it's just like, well, like for me, it's just like a spoiled brat that didn't get what she wanted, and now it's like that's it. Now she's a fucking killer. But that, that's not, like, that's, mm. not what ha- that's not what happened with her though. That's like that's a spoiled brat that didn't get what she wanted. She was lied to 
and tricked into basically taking on these parasites uh-huh. turn them into five, and become an agent of the darkness. Whereas the reality of the situation was the krill on Fundament, which is the planet where they all came from, were about ready to be visited by the Traveler and claimed for the light. That is clearly stated in the story. It's the darkest yeah, I mean... thing. And then when you show her, it's like, hey, this is what happened. Imagine the crisis, the existential crisis you're having. Um, I, I think they they pulled this off well. What I will kind of agree with you, though, is it seems like every time we complete a villain, it's not that the story of that villain ends. It's now another curtain opening and going, oh, this is the thing that was really in charge. This is the thing that was really in charge. Over yeah, but now it's the whatever, I don't know, the name of the witness. fucking witness. The witness. Is that just gonna be another overhyped thing? Say it's like that's what I'm just trying to say. It's just I'm tired of playing the game and everything's overhyped. And then you just get through it and it's like that was it. <laughs> it's like that was the whole thing. That's their PR people and stuff. They do Bungie is very well known for coming up with extremely good hype reels. And hyping up their product to the point where it's like, oh my god, this is going to be amazing. And unfortunately, it, it does sometimes fall a little flat when it comes to the reality of when you get done and when you can sit back and look at stuff. I I don't think they did a bad job with this. I just would kind of like a little finality to it, but I think that the final shape expansion is going to give us that. Mm-hmm. Because this is supposed to wrap up everything. They did say it's going to, you know, there are stuff that's going to stay open. So there's possibilities of whatnot moving forward beyond that. It's just that this entire light and dark stuff ends with the final shape. So I Mm -hmm. hope when they move forward, you know, we see a story arc. We're completing that story arc. And then we're done with the character out of the story arc that we were challenging. We don't have to worry about, oh, they're being controlled by this. And that's being con- and that thing is being controlled by something else. And that thing is being controlled by something else. That gets a little tedious over time. Mm-hmm. You know? There's only so many times you can keep pulling back the curtain and seeing the Wizard of Oz behind it, you know? It's, I, I kind of, I'm looking forward to new things and completing this entire yeah. cycle uh, yeah I think that's it for me I don't have anything else Ben do you have anything you want to add um, I, I tried to take a couple of notes when you were talking about your stuff um, I agree about the campaign um, I think needing to run it on all three characters is not really necessary anymore. I do think that the first run of the campaign should should be account wide and you should have access to like the world. Um with the way that they're doing it now, it might be a little difficult, probably insanely difficult to make it work so that if you also wanted to run the legendary campaign to get that, you know, the 1520 like full gear set and the exotic at the end. Um I agree on that. 
Um, and then as far as weapon crafting, I've wanted to talk about it for a little while, and I don't know how to talk about it still. Like, I don't know the best way that they could improve it. Because obviously, a lot of the weapons that you can craft, it's like if you get a certain roll to drop that is what you wanted, you have no reason to craft it, aside from, you know, maybe an enhanced perk that's a little bit better than the, the base perk. But this is the only game I've played in that I've used crafting. So I don't know what other games have done to make it work better. So, like, I don't know what worked and what hasn't worked. Um, yeah, I don't even know how to, like, try and say what I'm saying, but... I get you. I, I get it. I understand. Uh, especially for somebody that's never done a crafting system before. Yeah. You know, I, I get that. And crafting system... Does Division have anything like this? Yeah, no, right. had a crafting system in it. They yeah. I think they did, but I never used it because I didn't, honest to God, understand it. So I it never was, used it, it. It was confusing until it stopped being confusing when you did it enough times. Even then, yeah. I, I'll be honest, I didn't like the Division's crafting system, but I didn't go far enough in the Division 1, and I didn't play the Division 2, so I don't know how it improved. But when mm -hmm. I was playing it, I didn't care for it. It cost way too much. It was not very helpful early on. And mm -hmm. anything that you crafted at the table didn't even match up to the green tier armor with set bonuses that you got from doing their version of the raids. Mm -hmm. So it was pointless to even craft anything at the time. Yeah. But I, I get it. Um, and then the last thing I have, um, kind of talking about the mementos, um, I do think they should be better. And it made me think to uh destiny one when i can't remember if it was like the taken king or when it happened but the crucible and the vanguard went through some color changes and like i'm trying to think because the pal the palindrome in destiny one was like blue and orange so i think that was a vanguard weapon or maybe yeah. that's what the crucible went to i can't remember I think it's time for a slight color change on Crucible and Vanguard and maybe doing something slightly different with Gambit, but keeping the green, because I feel like that's the only one that really needs to stay. Yeah. Um, I, I would just like to see a slight color change, because it's been five years now of orange and blue and red. Yeah, red and white. that's so, true. Red and gray, you know whatever and then yeah so then gambit is just uh green and brown mm -hmm. those are actually its colors and then you have trials which is gold and black mm -hmm. so now i know that's a you know, branding identity thing i don't know exactly what they can do but we're not the game designers yeah maybe you start reducing the amount of vanguard shaders that are constantly the same type of blend over and over again or give us some animated ones, you know? Make it look special. It's yeah. like, the, the only one that I want, which is... It's just the all-black shader. That's really the only one that I... <laughs> like, thinking about all the oh, goddamn time. Good luck with that. <laughs> it's like... And it's, just, it's like a plain black. 
That's it. <laughs> it's not super black, but in Destiny 2. Please. If you get that, I want Lohu back. I mean, I'm talking old school. <laughs> Lohu, okay? I want that That'd be cool, back. too. Fuck it, dude. Yeah. And then I want the ones from, like, Wrath of the Machine. Remember that one that was, like, that neon red? The neon yeah. red, and then when you add, like, the ornament to the to the to the armor piece to make it look all freaking like like fucking like with that those fucking uh squares coming up the goddamn man that was yeah. some good ass armor dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah i agree i agree um yeah so i think overall there's you know some good and some bad mm-hmm. with what's going on here a uh, month removed from the launch over a month at this point i think in general future's still relatively bright i just would like to see some changes and one thing i have learned is playing this game somewhat casually is far more rewarding to me than grinding it non-stop all the time yeah and kind of enjoy it and appreciate it a little bit more and not get so frustrated with things that are a problem because i'm not constantly subjecting myself to them I know they're not going to change overnight. It does take time. Yeah. Uh, feels like I'm giving the bum rush, but I got like eight minutes and I got to be somewhere. So, outside of that, anchor.fm slash HG dash podcast, Twitter at podcast underscore hidden. Our link tree is there. Our contact information is there. You click the link, send us an email. I'll try to respond to you as soon as I can. Next week is falls over a holiday week, so I don't know if we're going to have an episode or not. Maybe I'll just like do the uh, thing for Elden Ring, record it on my own, and put it up. It is for those to celebrate Easter. Easter is next Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a three-year-old, and the bunny is coming to the house. So you know, <laughs> I, I may not be available that day. We'll, sure. we'll figure it out over the course of the week. We'll we'll talk about it privately. It's like I mean I have a cat, so probably the bunny might die. I don't know. <laughs> but let's see what happens. <laughs> find a dead rabbit in the road and put a basket laying next to it with some shattered Easter eggs all over it, going, Oh, no candy for you. Peter Rabbit got ran over by a car. Sorry. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Scar the child for life. Oh, that's terrible. All right, folks. We'll be back next episode. We'll figure something out. Hope you enjoy. Take care. Be well, everybody. (laughs) Bye-bye now. Okay, bye!